0: Welcome to Real Talk with Bishop Brown. Our hope is that you are blessed and that your relationship with God continues to grow and flourish. The next voice that you'll hear will be that of Bishop Brown. Thank you for listening. Amen. All right. Back to our workout. If you would stand with me. Stand with me. Romans chapter 5. And just because you're so Uh, Kind, we're going to keep this really short and simple. Verse 8. Would you repeat this after me, please? But God demonstrates his own love for us. In that while we were yet sinners... Christ died for us amen Amen. you may have your seats with your bibles open we've been walking through this journey or journeying through this season uh, under the sermonic series entitled living love and 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 for the past few weeks we've been looking at the love of God the love of God and uh, and so today within that theme of the love of God I want to borrow from John Coltrane's greatest in my opinion record anybody know John Coltrane okay I don't say amen about nothing. Um, in my opinion, his which, what, what do you think his greatest song was? Say that again? Uh-huh. Somebody say something about love somewhere. A love supreme. A love supreme. That's what I want to title and tag this text with this morning. A love supreme love supreme this um, this text is part of the Apostle Paul's um, theological treatment for um, how God through Christ loved us I could that really could be a summary <laughs> Of the book of Romans, that God, who is beyond and above everything, He transcends everything, there is nothing but perfection and righteousness in Him. And yet, with this with, with this great person that God is he loved somebody like me. And perhaps you don't know how significant that is because maybe you don't really know me. But whatever issues (laughs) there are in me, there are very likely the same or more issues in you. Fact about it, rather than just comparing issues, could we all not agree that the fact that God loves us is a testament that his love is unconditional, is unlimited. And, uh, and, uh, and, 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 and as a result, uh, those of us who are aware of his love for us through Jesus Christ, uh, we have salvation. Uh, we have eternal life. I'm really excited about that. I don't know if you can tell. I am really excited about the fact that that God would love a sinner like me, and in spite of my tremendous sin, not merely my acts of sin, but my state of sin with with which or wherein which I was born. Yeah, I was born. My birth certificate says Houston, Texas as my birthplace, but but the reality is is i was born in a state called sin i was born in a state called sin and uh, i was i was conceived in that same state i was i was i was conceived in sin i was born in sin shaped in iniquity i was messed up from the get go i was unworthy as an embryo but the bible declares that before i was we were formed in our mother's womb womb <laughs> god already loved us already loved us he already had made provisions for us. I used the illustration uh, the other day. Uh, most of us who have had children had at some point some kind of shower, baby shower. Right? Baby shower or at least we've attended them. And, and consequently the, the baby shower took place in most cases before the baby was actually born. So that, so that when the baby was actually born there was already a bed, there were already some clothes, there, was already, there were already diapers, there were already uh, monitors. When the baby showed up, the ba- there was already a little mobile thing that, you know, the ba- all of that was in place when the baby was born. Guess what? Before you and I were born, before we were in our mother's womb, God had already made provisions for our salvation. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That means God anticipated. (laughs) He anticipated us coming into the world. He already knew us before we knew ourselves. And he knew how messed up we were because of the sins of our, not only our parents, but their parents and their parents and so on and so on, all the way back to Adam. And so Paul writes about this and helps us to understand from a theological perspective, not from merely an emotional perspective, uh, but from the perspective of uh, of the Word of God, and, uh, and Paul shows us all throughout his book uh, just how phenomenal, my word, phenomenal God's love really is. If you're ever feeling unloved, I dare you to just look at the empty cross. If you're ever feeling like, like no one really cares about you, you just look at the cross of Christ, uh, and you will see uh, that, that he's no longer there. And because he's no longer there, it means uh, that he's already died on that cross, was taken down and buried in a borrowed tomb, uh, and was ultimately raised on the third day morning. So I want you to just hear... Uh, what Paul has to say in chapter 5, I, I, I think this is one of the clearest pictures of God's love, and, uh, and I want you to just kind of follow along uh, with me. That's why I ask you to keep your Bibles open. So notice in verse, in verse 8, Paul says very clearly, but God. Now, I've, I learned in, in, in school not to begin sentences with prepositions. Uh, but what we, what we have to understand is that um, when Paul wrote this, he was not, number one, trying to adhere to Western uh, rules of language. That's number one. Number two, in the original language, there was no punctuation when Paul wrote this. At all. And so the punctuation has come after the fact by scholars and theologues who uh, have applied Western or Western English grammar rules to the Greek text. And consequently, uh, we have the punctuation we have and we have, you know, chapter markers and all that goes along with that. Uh, But that those are man's best guesses as to where the word breaks up and breaks down. That's for another day. Um, But what I want us to see in this text is that the Bible says in verse 8 again, but God, well, that automatically suggests that there is some kind of contrast that we can look forward to because if you begin a sentence with the word but, surely we've got to go prior to the but, to see what the but is there for, right? And so we, we see here now that if we go backwards, let's go back to verse five. I'd rather uh, chapter five, verse one, and the Bible says therefore. Oh, here's another. Here's another word that we would need to go back in order to understand where we are right now. And the, 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 the information before therefore is found in chapters 3 and 4, which we're not going to look at today. You're going to do that as homework uh, on your way home. Uh, but I want us to understand that Paul is dealing with justification. Justification, justification. We used, to, we used to say back in the day that justification means just as if I had never sinned. That's a very uh, elementary perspective, but it is true. The reality is, however, that, that God knew we were sinners because when Adam was given instruction to, 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 to eat of every fruit of every tree except the one and uh, Eve, his wife, listened to the serpent uh, and allowed her, him to convince her that even though God said what he said, he didn't really mean what he meant. See, one of the problems we still have in this day and time is uh, we want to we wanna appreciate all the stuff that God says that we like, but we want to, we want to uh, adjust the stuff that he said that we don't like. Yeah. We live in a culture right now that that has the audacity to take what God has said and and pretend that he did not mean what he said. Well, Paul says in verse 1 of chapter 5, therefore, since we have been declared righteous, how? By faith. And so the fact that he has by faith indicates that it cannot be then by works. I promise you right now today, if you interviewed some people and asked them uh, if they are saved and if they say yes, if you further probe and ask them, well, how do you know you're saved? If, If they are not grounded in the Word of God, they will respond with something like this. Well, I'm a good person. I'm a nice guy. I am uh, I, I I try to do my best. I love people. I go to church. They will respond with every type of of, of reason in most cases, except I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he died for my sins that he rose, that he ascended, and that he's coming back for me sometime in the future. See, that's, that's, too, that's, too, that's too something. I don't know what it is too much of. But, but, but it's just easier to get the credit for our own salvation. It, it's just easier if I say, um, I'm saved because of stuff I've done. Because if I do that, then guess who gets the credit? Guess who gets the glory, so to speak? I do. And I want us to understand right here, right now, there is no scenario where you and God both get the glory. There is no no acceptable scenario to God where he shares his glory. Since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, uh, it's, it's centered in Christ. Through whom we have also obtained access by faith, there it is again, into his grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of God's Glory! Notice how uplifting this is. We rejoice in the hope of God's glory. Our, our, our goal is God's glory. And all of this has already set up so that he, not we, receive the glory. But let's continue to read because it says in verse 3, not only this, but we also rejoice in, uh-oh, he just lost me. We also rejoice in sufferings. Knowing that, oh, he, now he, he, he knows I'm struggling with that one word, but now he helps me out. Knowing that mm, suffering produces, <laughs> the, there is a reason for the season, there's a method to the madness, there is a point to the pain. And it all revolves around the fact that as I go through in this life what I go through, uh, uh, I understand that this is not just random, but God has a plan, and that plan goes through suffering. Man. And this is after we read that He's already made us righteous. He's already declared us righteous. You would think that since he declared us righteous, then that would kind of, you know, eliminate some of this suffering stuff. Let me suffer as an unbeliever, as an unrighteous, but why in the world must I suffer as a righteous person? Well, next time you ask yourself that question, before you get to asking it about you, ask it about Jesus. Jesus. Why should Jesus have suffered the way he suffered? Um, Knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character. And character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. What I want us to kind of see along the, 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 this path that we are walking is that God has done everything for us as it relates to our salvation and that's why God alone gets the glory. He's done it. There is nothing that you nor I could add to our salvation process that will effectively uh, help facilitate our salvation. There's nothing. I don't care how good you think you are, you're not good enough. I don't care how high you jump, you can't touch that ceiling. And so, and so this is the reason why when we gather together, we are sinners who have been saved by the same Savior. Therefore, we come together to celebrate the fact that somebody loved all of us so much so that they gave their lives for us. I I, 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 I'm not really trying to be fancy or even churchy. I just want us to grasp the fact that somebody loves you beyond what you could ever think or imagine. <laughs> loves you. I I, 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 I want you to see how how God frames it through Paul, because because verse five again says, "And hope doesn't disappoint because the love of God has been poured out." into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Here's where I want to stop. start, restart. Verse 6, for while we were, help me y'all, still weak. And by weak here, he, he really means sinful. While we were still weak, still helpless is what this version says. At the right time, Christ died for who? You could scratch out the ungodly and write Terry Brown right there. The ungodly. The godly has made a sacrifice for the ungodly. For rarely, verse seven, for rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. For rarely, and I I think Paul is really just giving the benefit of the doubt right here. For rarely will someone die for a righteous person. I say all the time, and I mean it, I would die for my wife. I hope I ain't ever put in that position where I got to prove it. Come on now, y'all just be real, you know <laughs> Most husbands have thought that way have said that you know you gonna, you got to protect your, your your wife, your woman and 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 you're going to stand in front of her and take a bullet, but you ain't really looking forward to that you're, but 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 if it's happening, you know, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Now, that's the woman who bore my children. (laughs) I don't know how many others are on that list. You know, I mean, my children, of course, but, you know, my point is, the the text says rarely. I just gave you my rare scenario. Rarely will someone die for an unrighteous person, uh, or rather, uh, for a good person. Perhaps someone might possibly dare to die, but 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 watch this. Now here comes the but God. <laughs> see see the the flow of the text really that, that that shouldn't be a new sentence right there, right? But but if you read it just without the 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 the, the punctuation, uh, um, he's saying uh, that. Uh, for rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person perhaps someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates. You see how the flow really is? But God demonstrates. But, but God demonstrates his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That is, ladies and gentlemen, a, a love supreme. Because what Paul has just argued, what he's just set up is, is that even uh, um, for the person uh, that we considered uh, worthy of dying for, uh, we don't want to really die for them. But but God, uh, who did not have to uh, uh, send his son to die for us, but God's love for us was greater than his desire to keep Jesus alive. Oh my goodness. Compare his level of love for us with his level of love for his own son. We know he loved Jesus. Because Jesus Christ is the second person in the Trinity. He is indeed the the expression, the exposition of the invisible God. And so he holds Jesus in the most high regard. But when it came to us who were still sinners... He sent his son to pay a price that you and I could never afford to pay. Oh, my God. I, 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 when I think about how, how awesome God's love is towards me, it, it, it makes me, it makes me, it embarrasses me to know that I have not lived up to that level, that standard of love. I don't live in a way. I'm working on it. I'm I'm better today than I was yesterday, but but the reality is is that there is no amount of do-gooding that would that would warrant that kind of sacrifice. And what's amazing to me is that we believers uh, we walk in a certain kind of either ignorant arrogance or arrogant ignorance, where we believe that we deserve. We, we interact with other people as if we've accomplished something that they have not or could not. We, we are such exclusivists that, 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 that it, I would imagine at some point it might very well sicken God. As to how we act. Because rather than being uh, as loving and as kind and as, as welcoming as God is for us, we don't seem to be that kind of way. So, so I want to give us just, just, just three things about this love, this love supreme, and then we'll be out of here real early. Kind of early. Kind of early. Um, the, f- the, first thing, the first thing this text teacher teaches us <laughs> is about this love supreme. It is supreme because of the sacrifice In God's love, it is supreme. His love is supreme because of the sacrifice. See, brothers, sisters, there is no real love without real sacrifice. I'm going to say it again until you shake your head. There is no real love without real sacrifice. Now, I'd say real sacrifice because we'll do some stuff that seems like sacrifice, you know. But you know, but but no, 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 no. no, no, no. So, so, so here is the the, the point, though, that 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 Christ died for us, and 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 Paul says somewhere else that he who knew no sin became sin. So when Jesus is on the cross and he says, "My God, my God," quoting the Psalms, why? Has thou forsaken me? Jesus is in that moment, the, the full wrath of God's, of God's power, of God's hatred of sin uh, is being poured out on Jesus on the cross. And 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 which means uh, my sins, I mean, past, present, and future, all of my sins, that be enough, I'm gonna tell you right now. But, but then, it's not just my sins, it's Travis's sins. It's, it's, it's Reed's sins. It's all of our sins. It's grandpa's sins. It's great-grandma's sins. It's my children in the future's sin, my grandchildren to come sin. It's the sins of the world. And all of that wrath is being poured out because all of those sins are on Jesus. That's sacrifice. When you have not committed any sins, I mean, he has not, let me be clear. When he has not committed any sins, but he's got to take on our sins. How do we not gather together and run around and shout all day long? B- just on that point alone. He has poured out, God has poured out his wrath on Jesus because Jesus has become sin. And so as, as we, as we con- contemplate this love supreme, understand that his love is supreme because of the sacrifice. That's not all I see in the text. But God demonstrated his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners... Christ died for us, not only because of the sacrifice, but then because of the sanctity. Hear, 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 hear this. The fact that Jesus didn't just get hurt, the fact that Jesus was not unconscious, but that he was dead, indicates that, that God has something so big in mind when he allowed his son to die. And and it's so big because it is for generations past, present, and future. Those who believed in the coming Messiah before the Messiah came are included in this. Those who believed in the Messiah during the time that the Messiah died, they are included in this. And those who are yet to come, that includes us, um, and believe that Jesus is indeed the Christ and that he indeed died for us, we're included in this. Can you see how God's plan of sacrificing his son via the sanctity of death, uh, look, puts Puts, puts his plan in the, in the category of the universe's greatest plan. And he did all of that for you and for me. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm amazed at, at how Paul deals with this, but God demonstrates. See, God could have just talked the talk like many of us do. Right? Come on now. You going to really make me get in your business like this? Is there anybody here that's ever used the word love towards somebody else when you really didn't mean love, you meant like a lot or you meant lust? I'm just asking, I didn't want to go there. If you'd have just acknowledged it when I said it at first, then we would all be down the street. Is there anybody here besides me that's ever used the word love in lip service only? Thank you. Thank you, Doc. I appreciate that. You're the only one that just owned it. But God doesn't just do lip service. But God did what? Demonstrated it. What does it mean to demonstrate something? All of what y'all just said. That's what it means. It it, it means he, he, he displayed his love. He showed his love. He made clear his love. Not by just saying I love you, but by doing I love you. God demonstrated his love, and that while, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It deals with the sanctity of God's love. This, this word died is significant because, uh, as you recall, during the, the, the Old Testament times, uh, 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 every person's sins had to be atoned for. In fact, Jewish the Jews still celebrate right now Yom Kippur day of atonement and and all of that is about the fact that that at least once a year you had to go to the temple with a sacrifice don't come empty handed with a sacrifice the sacrifice does not did not atone you uh, but the symbolism of the sacrifice uh, was given to the, the high priest, and the high priest uh, would slaughter that animal uh, on the altar. Now, understand, you couldn't just bring any kind of sacrifice to the table. You couldn't bring a crippled uh, 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 pig. Oh, you couldn't bring no pig. You couldn't bring no pig, crip, crippled animal. Uh, You couldn't bring any kind of, he couldn't couldn't have one eye working and one eye not working. He he couldn't have one ear on and one ear. He had to be a a perfect sacrifice. You know why? Because that was a symbolism, a a symbol, if you will, of who the ultimate sacrifice would be namely Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ uh, is the perfect sacrifice because he was born uh, of a woman but not from a man. Who God? I almost felt I almost felt something right there. He was he was born uh, of a woman uh, because she was the vehicle uh, but she was not the source. It was not her seed, it was uh, God seed, and so when when God impregnated Mary, then the the seed would produce somebody uh, that was not like Mary, but was exactly like his father. My my my, my I'm I'm my father's son, and. Um, love my father and all of that but I know I got some of his traits in me that are not necessarily pleasing to God consequently I have a son and my son has some of my traits and so on and so on and so on and so the reality is is that Jesus had none of Joseph's DNA, because Joseph was a good man, but a sinful man. Joseph needed a Savior too. And so nobody that needs a Savior qualifies as a perfect sacrifice. So, so when Jesus dies on the cross, uh, he is the perfect Lamb of God, uh, and he is then by, thereby uh, qualified to pay the price for all humanity. Golly, he paid the price for all humanity, and he did it at the behest of God the Father. But God demonstrates his love in that while. Now, this is how you know I'm not God. I'd have some prerequisites. You're going to have to show me something. If I'm going to die for you like that, you know, I mean, let let me let me see you try at least. But that's not how God operates. God says, I want the worst. I want I want the most sinful. I want the most the most the most heinous. I want I want I want everybody uh, that's messed up. And that's everybody. I'm so glad that, 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 that nobody can hold over my head or try to make me feel lesser than, you know, because, because for whatever reason, they, they think that their, their sins are a little bit lighter than mine. No, man, no. All of our sins are in the same category. I don't care if you came from a rich family, a poor family. I don't care if you went to Harvard or Morehouse or no house. I don't care if you you were born with a silver spoon or no spoon at all. I don't care if you've been to prison on death row or never been in jail. It does not matter. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so when Christ died for the sins of the world, it included the worst to the first. And I'm so glad he included me. I got one more. Can you stay awake for one more? Okay, I'm going to give it quick. One more time, one more thing. But God demonstrates his love, demonstrated his love, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Let that verse just kind of marinate in your spirit. Uh, And we've looked at the fact that, that the... The, the, the sacrifice of God's love makes it a love supreme. But the sanctity of God's love makes it a love supreme. But then finally, the salvation in God's love makes it a love supreme. God, God, God didn't send Jesus to the cross to die as a mere exercise in futility.
1: It, he was just...
0: This was not a symbolic death. This was a show enough death. There, there are some uh, uh uh sex sex sects. Be careful. Um, that uh, somebody woke up when I said that. Um, there are some who believe that, that Jesus didn't really die. He just feigned a a, a an unconsciousness. And, uh, and and, and they, they ride with that, and, uh, and 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 that's critical because the sacrifice had to die in order for it to procure what God intended it to bring to pass. And and so and so we know he died, and in dying, we have salvation. And what that means is that Jesus became our substitute. So is there anybody here that does not know that it should have been you on the cross? Oh, yeah. yeah. The fact is, is that it really was me except for the fact that he substituted my place, for, uh, his place for mine. In other words, we switched. And so the worst of who I am, he became, but the best of who he is, I have the capacity to live up to. He's our substitute. He's our substitute. It, it, it when when God looks at me now, he looks at me as a believer and he sees himself because the 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 me that Jesus died for no longer lives. But the, but, the, but, but the Christ in me is now alive. Now, I know what you're saying right now. Yeah, but you don't look like or act like Christ every day. Well, that's the beauty of, of God's salvation. Because he already factored in the fact that, that, that because I'm born in sin, shaped in iniquity, because he, he knows I am but dust, he, he understands that, that though I am his child now, though I am saved, uh, I have still uh, some growing to do. Oh, yeah. And, and, and the process of me becoming more like him uh, is called sanctification. But, but sanctification simply means uh, uh, he's going through the process uh, of, of making me more like Christ every day. And the more time I spend with him, uh, the more I begin to look. Have you ever seen a couple, a married couple, that when they first got married, they just looked like him and her? But they've been married so long now that they kind of start looking like each other. They kind of start talking like each other. I don't know if I'm talking to you or if you, if you understand what I'm saying or not, but, but, but I, I get all the time uh, that, that people will tell me and my wife that, that I look as cute as she does now. They say now. They, they, they mean, you know, but, but I get the point. And the point is, is the more time you spend with somebody, the more of their characteristics uh, become shared. i tell you this. i tell you this. The more I spend time with Jesus... The more I walk with him and the more I talk with him, the
1: the more I spend time in his word, the the more I spend time on my knees, the more that I walk with him and the more that I live for him, the more I begin to think like Jesus. Is there anybody in the house that finds yourself uh, thinking more like Jesus? The more time you spend with him, uh, the more time uh, you give to him, uh, the more time you give of yourself to him, uh, the more you start looking like Jesus, the more you start acting like Jesus, the more you start sounding like Jesus. I'm looking for one or two people that sees the change that's in you because you've given your life to Jesus Christ. I'm glad today That God so loved me that he gave his only begotten son that if I believe in him, I will not perish, but I will have everlasting life. You're looking at somebody that didn't deserve it, but sure does does
0: appreciate it. I'm glad that I'm saved. I'm
1: glad that I'm being sanctified. And I'm glad that one of these days when 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 life on this side is over i'm gonna be with my savior in heaven and i'll be delivered from the very presence of sin one of these mornings won't be very long you're gonna look for me and i'll be gone i'm going to heaven where i'll sing and shout is there anybody in the house that's going to heaven with me is there anybody here that knows that you're saved, that knows that you're sanctified, that knows that one of these days you're going to be in the presence of God. Thank God for love supreme. Thank God that God's love is bigger and wider. It's higher and deeper than any other love that you could ever find. I've got to leave you alone now. But there is a story. That kind of illustrates God's love. A father
0: took his son fishing one day, had his own boat. The father had his own boat, and he wanted to take his son fishing, and he, he wanted also to take his son's best friend fishing. And so the father was saved. His son was saved. But the best friend was not saved. And and so they got into the boat. And uh, they began to to, to push out into some of the water, to the deeper water. Um, But when they got to the deeper water, a storm came. And the storm just was was volatile and violent and all of that. And uh, it began to shake the boat and rock the boat. Finally, it capsized. And uh, the the capsized boat obviously uh, uh, dumped everybody in the boat, outside the boat, Um, and the son and the boy start drifting further out. The father, the father found a buoy and kind of latched on to the buoy. Y'all know what a buoy is? Yeah, I just learned. So, so, so he, he, he's holding on to the buoy, and he sees these two boys. He sees his son who's saved. He sees his son's best friend who's not saved. And so the father swims over to his son. His son was still too far away from the buoy to really survive. He says, son, I know you believe in Jesus Christ. I know you're saved, and I know I'm going to see you again. And so, son, I need you to understand that I'm going to have to leave you here, and I've got to go save your best friend. The son understood that, and the son ultimately drowned. But the father swam to the best friend and grabbed a hold of him and got him back to shore. And when he got back to shore, once they kind of revived the son, the, the, the best friend, uh, uh, he says to, the, to, the, to the, his best friend's father, he said, why did, you, why did you choose me? Why did you save me and not your son? He said, well, well, I think his name was Billy. Well, Billy, I tell you what, my heart wanted to go and get my son. Lord knows I loved my son. But I know where my son is going after this. I, I know my son I know my son is saved, and so I sacrificed my son so that I can come and get you because, Billy, I know you're not saved, but I want to make sure that, that that you have an opportunity to get saved because if you die in the state that you're in, uh, you go to hell. And now I want somebody right now to understand that when God the Father— allowed his son to die he knew his son was going to be alright but he knew that all of us were like little Billy he knew that we were on
1: our way to hell he knew that we couldn't swim he knew that we didn't have what it took in order to get to heaven and so he let his son die so that he could come and get us and I don't know who I'm talking to right now but you need to know that God loves you so much that God cares about your destiny, that God wants you to be saved so much that he allowed his son to die for you and to die for me. Oh, I wish I had somebody here today that could celebrate, that could praise God, that could give him glory, that can worship him. I wish that there was somebody in the house that's got a hallelujah in your heart that's got a trumpet in your throat and you can open your mouth and say thank you. Can you say thank you? Can you say I appreciate you? Can you say I praise you? Anybody here got a praise in your heart? I dare you to praise him now. I dare you to give him glory now. I'm saved because of a sacrificed son. blessed, all blessed, all blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Holy be the name of the Lord. Worthy be the name of the Lord. I'm glad that he sacrificed his life for me. Little old me. Messed up me. Sin for me. Hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Anybody saved in the house, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. If you got your ticket in your hand, say so if you know that you're on your way. Matter of fact you've got heaven in you right now. I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. Yes I am. I might not look like it but I sure know it. I might not always act like it but I sure do know it. A love supreme A love supreme, a love supreme.
0: Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? I would that you would just look over your life and see if you can determine not when you were born, but when you were born again. For somebody may you may have been born again on a on a Sunday at church for somebody else you may have been at home and somebody you somebody that loved you enough shared Jesus Christ with you the gospel of Jesus Christ the good news of Jesus Christ some of you may have been at school and a uh, a roommate in your dorm or just some friend in your fraternity or sorority or whatever the case may be shared with you the good news of Jesus Christ certainly I don't know where you were but if you indeed have a have a story a testimony that you may not be able to remember the day or the date But you remember when you heard the gospel and believed it. If you heard the gospel and believed it, no matter where you were, would you just raise your hand? Pastor, I remember hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I believed it. And I know from that day till now, till eternity, that I'm saved. I see hands all over the room. Praise God. I see hands all over the room. And I'm assuming the only reason why you haven't raised your hand is because you can't raise your hand. Um, thank you. Thank you for those who raised your hands. Now, if there's any person in this room, and of course, heads are bowed and eyes are closed, so no one is looking except God and Pastor Brown, But if, if there's anyone here Who cannot remember giving your life to Christ, not because you have a bad memory, but because you just don't know, because you've never done it. Listen, there's no shame in acknowledging that. The only shame would be to hear the gospel and to walk away without believing it, without inviting Jesus to be your Savior. And so I want to just candidly while again no one is looking except Pastor Brown I want to just ask you to make a decision today. You've heard the gospel. In simple form we were born sinners but God loves us and he sent his son To rescue you. And all that you need to do. Is to believe. That he did that. With you in mind. If that speaks to your heart. If that speaks to your heart. I'm going to ask you. Immediately following the closing prayer. To come up. And speak with this young man, Brother Travis Collier. He's going to stand. You can open your eyes and raise your head. This gentleman right here would love to share Jesus Christ with you. Amen. 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 But I'm looking forward to men, women, boys, and girls making this the day, February the 5th, 2023, around 10.48 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. I want to be accurate. That was the day that you gave your life to Jesus Christ. I also want you to consider that if, you, you, if you're in need of a church home, that is a place, a family, a village, where a community, where people love you just because you are God's child not just because you're black or white or Latino or Filipino or Asian or any other ethnic group but simply because you're God's child that's who we are and uh, and so I want to encourage you to connect with a church, Christ-centered, Bible-regulated, prayer-minded, where the Word of God is explained in terms that you can understand, where believers pray with and for one another. Make that decision today as the Lord leads you. Amen? Come on, can we give God a big round of applause and a hallelujah and a thank you? Thank you for listening to Real Talk with Bishop Brown. We hope that you were blessed. If you would like to accept Christ, join our church, help continue the work we are doing in our ministries, watch live on Sundays, find us on social media, or give online, you can visit the link in the episode description. Thank you for listening, and have a blessed day.